Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. One of the questions I get asked all the time is, what is the key to a successful marriage? And in truth, my answer is pretty simple. And it comes from, I'm always reminded of the movie um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Choose your partner wisely. Choose wisely. And while the answer is relatively simple, the process of finding that right partner is not. And the reason for this? Hormones. Our hormones take control of our brain and often run roughshod over our better judgment. Sexual attraction makes us believe that we're in love, and that often leads us to ignore evidence that the person we are so attracted to, the person that we have great sex with, we think they're our soulmate, is not really a good long-term fit. So what this process really is about isn't finding a life partner, but continuing the species. This whole hormonal process was designed centuries ago to ensure strong offspring and it didn't much care if the two people liked each other because the chances of one of them dying pretty soon pretty high so what do we do with all of this today david soto jr a health and wellness coach author and speaker is here to help answer that question and i'm sure a whole lot more so david thanks so much for joining us today Thank you for having me. And I want to throw in my favorite Indiana Jones quote is uh, from Short Round. And he says, uh, no time for love, Dr. Jones. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> no time for love, Dr. Jones. No time for love, Dr. Jones. I love yeah. that. Well, yeah, I mean, because we all want this to happen, like, just add water. We're looking for that instantaneous attraction. And... You know, it doesn't often happen, and so I really liked your recent piece um, called The Difference Between Good Sex and a Good Relationship. And in this piece, you say there's a lot of potential for heartache with falling in love with someone before you see the real them. And what did you mean by this? Well, what I meant is uh, the quote in the the article is, uh, when the veil of sex and passion is eventually lifted what is revealed as the real person and um revealing seeing that real person it could take uh you know two three months two three years or or maybe even longer but when you realize that the person you are in love with is not the person for you uh that's kind of what i'm talking about there there's the there's where the heartache begins and then you know you throw in what's going to happen um, with the relationship and what should you do and do you figure it out or try to work it out? And, right. Um, and it's almost like, I mean, the process that I was talking about, it, it almost as if we're taken over by an out-of-body experience. I mean, the, the hormones that rush through us, that sexual attraction is so intense and it actually, I mean, there's a whole neurological stuff that goes along with it. And we actually see things and experience things differently. And I don't know if you've had this experience, but we're talking about this person that we met and how fantastic and wonderful and, wow, aren't they terrific? And our friends have met them too, and they're like going, well, yeah, they're okay, but what are you going on about? Because it's that, 
it's that neurochemical thing that I like to call the time it takes to meet, mate, and procreate. And then after that, hopefully, you know, because we now have offspring, we're going to stay together. But that's not necessarily a good foundation for a relationship. Right. So, so that's the veil that I talk about. You know, you are looking at your partner through an obstruction, and then you mention how your friends don't see it the same way. It's because they're they're not blinded by that by that passion veil. You know. And the time that it takes to start recognizing this person, I mean, we talk about the honeymoon phase, which is kind of the infatuation phase, the falling in love phase, and it kind of is anywhere from, you know, six months to maybe two years. And that's a really long time to kind of be blinded, isn't it? Uh, Yeah. Uh, and I've experienced that two, that six month to two year time period over and over again for for several years. So you know, you talk about in in the piece that you write, you talk about what happens when the veil falls, and you. So when the veil falls off, and, and but we're trying to use sex as the foundation, what are some of the other pitfalls in terms of being in a relationship with somebody that we don't really know? Well, the, the biggest thing that comes to mind is that it's, it's a waste of time. Uh, okay. I feel like the time spent with somebody you realize you're not really fit to be with uh, could be time spent with actually with your real partner in life. And, when, and the only thing, if if the sex is what's keeping you together, um, out on a lot of other things, in a, in, in a life partner, so. Right. I mean, and and it's not to say that we shouldn't be physically, sexually attracted to our partner, because I think that's important. But I think what I hear you saying is that it's that can't be the most important thing. No, it, it can't be the most important thing. It can't be, um, like the, you know, the, it can't be the foundation or what the relationship is based off of, um, because when that goes away, and it does go away, it does fade away um, to some ex- to, to some degree. In, in in what I think, all cases, when that's gone, then the person there that. Um, Besides the sexual attraction, are you attracted to anything else about that person? Because that's the real person you have to deal with. Well, and it's almost as if we have it backwards, because I was having a conversation with a client just the other night, and she actually said to me that she doesn't date people, she doesn't start a relationship with anybody that she doesn't feel that spark with. And... You know, I get that spark. I mean, I really do. I mean, I had it years ago um, with somebody who really I should not be in, have been involved with, and there were a lot of other reasons, and luckily both of us were clear-headed enough to go, okay, yeah, there's this spark here, but let's not go any further because it would have been dangerous on oh so many levels, emotionally, not, not physically dangerous. But so I was talking to my client, and you know, so she's dismissing all of these potential partners because she doesn't feel that initial spark, not understanding that if she takes some time and gets to know them, she might actually 
feel that spark later as she watches you know, them get passionate about something in their life, and it's like, oh, wow, this person who wasn't necessarily that attractive before, now they're hot. Right, right. And, and, you know, she wants the spark to be there, but what if there's, what if she were to experience the flame, you know, that something, you know, she takes advantage of, of she wants to take advantage of something that, that occurs right away if that spark's not there, but maybe if she waited long enough, there would actually be an entire fire, um, you know, where somebody is actually, when you get to know a person, there's even more of an attraction, the, the sexual attraction, and then there's, there's more to it. It's deeper. Um, but, yeah, I yeah, totally know. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. But, but it's, isn't this sort of like, I mean, everybody's looking for their soulmate. And so it's like, how do you, you're not going to find somebody's soul in a month. No. No, absolutely not. And um, that's what that's what happens is is for me. I mean, I can I can say that it's everybody. It happens to everybody. But I know for sure that happens to me. Is that um, there's a, there's a spark. We get in bed. It's great. We're having great sex. And then after a while, uh, I find that I'm with a person that I kind of don't really care for. Yeah, and then what do you do? Right. And then what do you do? So at the, at that when that happens, what do you do and then how involved are you? I mean, for me in in one case, our relationship was so public via Facebook that it was hard for me to make the decision uh to to end it. And for some people they have kids, right? So then that makes it even uh, harder. Yeah, well, and it's interesting that you point that out because, you know, people, I, I think that we encourage this. I think as a society, we actually encourage this short-term, instant relationship without understanding the other dynamics. And I can't remember, I was at a conference, and I can't remember who I was listening to, but they were actually showing a diagram about how, and this is generally speaking, this is not for every single individual, but that women tend to become more emotionally involved or invested in a relationship faster than men do. And when sex is involved, that actually happens faster because, oh, somebody's having sex with me, we're bonding. Um, one of the things that happens when we have sex is oxytocin is released, which actually is a bonding hormone. And so now I'm, I'm become invested and connected to this person because we're having this physical relationship. But in reality, we're not well matched. And, and when that comes up, we just keep going back to the sex. Right. That's the, that's, that's the veil, but you know, the, the sex is good or the sex. So it, it, it kind of obstructs your view. You don't really see the, see the real person. Um, and then if you come back to the sex, then you're putting the veil back up or back down. I don't know what what the case is, but I, I have to agree. Um, with you because I, I've been in a relationship where we've established the, 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 the woman I was seeing and myself said, this is going to be a physical relationship. Let's, let's just put it all out there, you know, and let's just take advantage of this. We're grown, consenting adults. Let's have a physical relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But in in many, many cases, the the woman that I was having this relationship with um, would develop feelings. And this is one of the potential for heartache that I talked about. You know, this is the one-sided love is what I call it. Like you, you, you have what's supposed to be just a physical relationship, but then one of you develops feelings while the mm-hmm. other one doesn't. Right. So it's that whole friends with benefits kind of challenge that, you know, and, and I don't come at this from a moral perspective, but I come at it from a very pragmatic, practical perspective that it's really hard not to get emotionally involved with somebody that you're physically involved with. Right. And I, I have to agree with you, I think, especially when it, with women. Yeah, and, and by the way, I think this is the way we're designed. I don't think it's any kind of women are weaker or, you know, or necessarily more romantic. But I think, I mean, we, when we talk about a lot of this stuff, we don't un- necessarily understand the physiological, neurological underpinnings that's actually driving this. Right. And also, we, I mean, we can also, we don't want to, obviously don't want to think that women are weak in, in, because of this, but we also have to think about that, how they're programmed from childhood um with with the gender roles you know being assigned so early especially with you know with with the prince charming movies and etc right and then we all have those prince charming you know kind of things and i always want to go back in and check you know five ten years later it's like how's it going guys (laughs) right you know because because usually in in all of these movies you know it's all romantic movies you meet cute you know you you fall in love you have all these things but you know the movies don't usually last you know i mean not necessarily talk about the length of movies but the length of time in the movies is usually very short usually sometime within that honeymoon period so we don't necessarily see wait a minute this this little personality quirk or this little behavior that's going to cause a little bit of problem down the line and we don't actually yeah. talk about it much yeah they don't show prince charming's drinking problem you know? <laughs> or his anger management issues <laughs> uh, yeah 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 they don't they don't put that in the movie right or or cinderella's codependency stuff you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> So this is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm having a rather unorthodox conversation with health and wellness coach and author David Soto, Jr. about the importance of not mistaking great sex for lasting love. And, you know, if you find that you're struggling with this, I invite you to reach out and take advantage of my free no-obligation you know, break into love strategy session. Um, you can reach me at Leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G, N is in Nancy, C is in charlie.com. Or you can reach me at 919-924-0463. And now I want to get back to this conversation because I have a really interesting question for you, David. Um, I know that a lot of people think that you know, that, that passion, you know, that passionate fighting and passionate makeup lovemaking and passionate sex, it's all about passion. And how does this kind of um, skew what people are, act, what, what actually makes a good relationship? What's the problem with makeup sex? The problem with makeup sex is that it's so great. That's the problem with it. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. That's a problem? Yeah, that's the problem because... I mean, this is the this is my whole situation, right? Is um, 
I have great, I meet somebody when I have great sex and then it kind of fades away and then we realize that we don't kind of like each other and maybe we get in a fight or we break up, but then we kind of miss that great sex thing and we overlook the problem, right? We overlook the problem, the, the reason for our fight and we jump back in bed and it's great. Like that is, that's to me, that's putting the veil back in front of our eyes and, and it, it's putting a bandaid on, on a, I don't, even, I don't even know that phrase, putting a Band-Aid on a wound instead mm-hmm. of actually addressing it, right? Well, yeah, I mean, and it, you know, and, and I think there's this idea, and you were talking about the Prince Charming and kind of like the whole Disney movie kind of thing, where we, we're kind of in love with the idea of being in love, but we don't understand how to take being in love into a relationship and, and making it be something that isn't about just the highs of our fantastic, you know, sex life. It's also about, you know, I, I once read a quote about, you know, from Joyce Brothers that, you know, it's, you know, it's not just about love, it's about also about taking out the trash. <laughs> you know, it's that there's, that there's some really mundane kind of stuff that you have to go through you, you you can't be on that high all the time. You, you know, I think I uh, I think it was Neil Donald Walsh, and he says that there is only one kind of love. You know, and people like to categorize love. There's there's family love. There's friend love. There's lover love. Mm-hmm. You know, and soulmate love. But there's I. I kind of agree with Neil Donald Walsh to think that there is one kind of love. There is only one kind of love. And the difference is when people say they're in love, it's not that they're in love. It's that they are in lust or they have sexual attraction to that, to that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, sometimes I feel like the phrase that's common, uh, I think you brought it up to me, is, uh, I, I, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Oh, that phrase makes me crazy every time I hear somebody say it. It makes me, it's like, no! <laughs> yeah, basically that's them saying that they don't want to have sex with you. Right. Well, right. Or, that they, or, or, or that they don't like the real you because, you know, I, I will talk with people about, okay, are you actually, do you actually love the flesh and bone you know, flawed individuals standing in front of you, or do you love who you think they are or who you think they might be if you could just mold them, <laughs> you know, into the image that you want? And they look at me like, well, what are you talking about? And it's like, because nobody, nobody's an ideal. And when we're in love, we only see the, what well, we see what we want to see as opposed to necessarily what's there. Right, right. I think that that opens a whole nother can can of worms there with with people trying to you know thinking that they can mold the person that they see before them into somebody that they can love. Right, which sort of defeats the entire purpose, but I think that's kind of the point you make in your article about the difference between great sex and a great relationship that People start out with, you know, oh, we're, we're so physically attracted to each other. Now we're going to try to make ourselves emotionally, intellectually, <laughs> you know, spiritually attracted to each other, which 
seems a little backwards. I definitely think that it's backwards. And after years of trying it that way, I'm, I'm starting to believe that it's not, not going to work. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear you say that. But it's interesting because your suggested solution is to not have sex with a quote-unquote stranger. And on some level, it seems like you're trying to put the genie back in the bottle. And, you know, I don't think any of us want to go back to the days where – um, in fact, the, the days never actually existed where, you know, sex doesn't come into this. But what are some ways to not have sex with a stranger? Um, well, well, you, you, you know, the, like you probably heard in junior high or elementary school, you know, or after school special is, you know, to wait to have <laughs> sex before you get to know the person. Um but I'm not going to go that that route. I have an idea, and my idea is just to uh, to stop dating. <laughs> okay, okay, wait a minute. Now you lost me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I am. I have been dating for years, and whether it's going to a bar or even going online, um, none of that works. In, in, in all actuality, I think everybody there is looking for a sexual partner, uh, mm-hmm. especially at the bars, and you get alcohol involved. Um, online is an interview process, and um, people are lying. I just I, I don't think that the dating process is really the way to uh, meet somebody. I think people should take up uh, hobbies or interests, things that interest them, uh, things that they love, things that they enjoy doing. Uh, they should be performing their, their God-given talent and gift and, when, and, and hang around like-minded people. Mm-hmm. A lot of pe- and, and when they're doing this, they're being themselves. And not only they're being the, themselves, they're doing things that they love and they're, they're giving out this positive energy. And, you know, I don't, I, it doesn't matter. If you're in a, a painting class, right, mm-hmm. and the guy next to you is a painting class and you're both having this great time enjoying yourself, and, and, and it's a six-week class or an eight-week class or maybe it's even several several months and you develop a relationship with that person, then, yeah, you know what, you know, if it was up to me, if I were to, if I were to be able to grant permission to tell people to do, then go on a date with that person. Uh-huh. But, but don't go on a date to get to know a person. Take a person out on a date that you already know. That's, that's an interesting perspective, and it's not one, and I don't disagree with it. I'm just trying to figure out how in the real world it would work because, you know, you're, you're online, you know, you're sweeping, was it sweeping left or sweeping right? I can't remember which way it goes if you like somebody. And, you know, and, and initially that's based on your impression of this person um, do you find them attractive? Do you find them physically attractive? And right. I agree that when we're out and doing the things that bring us joy and bring us meaning, and that that's when we're really showing people who we really are. And, yeah, so you're talking about getting to know people. Um, and I love that idea. And I guess the question would be, how do we get other people to recognize this? <laughs> I mean, how do we get other people to to recognize that they should be doing out doing things that they enjoy, and that's how? Right, that that's how they're going to find their that, that's you know, and and I guess maybe it's 
I guess then what I'm hearing you say is for people to stop looking and just go live life. Uh, actually, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And as hard as that is, I mean, I, I've experienced many, I have a lot of female friends, and they are on a mission, some of them, to get married, to have children, and so they're out there actively pursuing. In the meantime, they're finding uh, jerk guys, kind of like myself or the, my past me, who are, you know, looking to 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 score. <laughs> <laughs> in a, in so, a word. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think if you, um, you know, for me, that's what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to try and get active, get, get active doing things that I, that I love. Um, that's one reason why I'm writing my novel. Mm-hmm. It's, and that's one reason why I put it out on, on, on I publish it. It's, 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 I'm publishing it for free. And I don't know, maybe people will see me doing something that I love and it will be attractive and maybe somebody will reach out to me. Uh, the next best thing is to actually go out and maybe join a writing club and, and meet actual people mm-hmm. with not necessarily the intent to start a you know a physical or, or or even romantic or relationship, but just to go out there working on yourself, doing things that you love, and in the meantime you meet other people doing that that you have similar interests with, right? I right. mean, if you go to if you go to a bar and meet somebody, the only thing you have you'll have similar interests. Uh, the only similar, the only thing you'll have an interest similar will be like your two people that are getting drunk and kind of horny. Right. Which and you know and I think you make a really good point about you know your friends your your friends who want um, a more serious relationship maybe marriage you know a family and I think that in what you're talking about is going going out in their lives with that intention all the time. And this is where I think people make mistakes where, I mean, there's nothing wrong. It's like, if you know, if you're horny and you just want to hook up and you want to have sex, great, go do it. That's fine. Um, but I'm not sure, and, and you're talking about, and I agree with you, that that's really not the way to build a relationship. That Absolutely. if you want a relationship, then you need to kind of be upfront about that, which is, by the way, scary because you may scare the person off. But then you're, you're saving time. You're going, okay, this person obviously doesn't want the same thing that I want, so better to find that out before we go out and sleep together than six months, two years, four years down the road when I'm trying to convince them to marry me or, or to, you know, or build a family with me. And they're going, yeah, no, I was never on board with that in the first place. Right. Right. Oh yeah. I've, I've heard, or I haven't experienced, but I've known people who have been waiting and waiting and waiting for that person to, to commit to a a marriage. And then it never happens. And right, or the, they do what, what we call sliding, not deciding, where they kind of just keep taking the next steps until it becomes inevitable, but it's not, hey, I'm making a choice to do this. It's like, well, we've been living together for five years, and you've been bugging me, so to get, you know, so, yeah. or, or now we have a child, you know, and so it's kind of like not making clear decisions. Right, and I, I absolutely, and you know, I've seen people, wait to get married, wait, or they're waiting for the, it's, uh, I'm not just face it. It's usually women. Women are waiting for the guy to propose, waiting for the guy to propose. Uh-huh. And then he doesn't. 
and after so long they get fed up and they break up and then they meet somebody within uh you know within a, a month or so and are engaged mm-hmm. you know and uh, i just i don't know how happy those people are or how long that it actually uh, the relationship actually lasts i actually know a couple people who have gone through that um but for for me i really believe that going out you know, uh, who is it? It's, it's my friend. I, I always I keep calling him my friend, but I never met him. Uh, Zig Ziglar used to say, uh, if you want to have a lot of friends, go out and be a friend. Um, Makes sense, go out yeah. And, and you'll have all the friends you want. Well, and I think that that's, you know, and I think that's important. And, and I think one of the things I want to say um, before we wrap up is that, and you still need to continue to engage in your passions, engage in the things that you like to do, even after you're part of a relationship or a marriage, because that's what keeps you attractive. That's what keeps both of you interested in each other. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I don't know. It, it was a movie, and I I haven't forget which movie, but it was uh, Robert Duvall was in it, and I think it might have been something to talk about. Mm-hmm. Julia Roberts is in it, and her, Robert Duvall is her dad, and uh, the, uh, there's a, another woman. Another woman is her mother, and the mother is fighting with the dad, Robert Duvall, or something. Mm-hmm. But he shows up in his horse riding uniform, right? And mm-hmm. uh, it, I mean, these are these are women. This is a couple that are uh, maybe late sixties, seventies, and she sees him on top of this horse in this uniform and she is instantly like uh attract physically attracted yeah, like she any melts. Yeah, she melts. Yeah, yeah 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 and that's i know it's fiction i know it's not real but that's an example of when when the attraction that you have when you see somebody doing you know their gift or their talent and absolutely keep doing that and that's why you see people like i don't know like uh, stephen king is still married to his college sweetheart Right. Uh, he, they met in writing. Uh, they met in a, a writing, not a class, but a writing workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're both doing their practice. They're both writers. They're both doing their passion. They've been together for you know maybe forty years or something. Yeah, yeah, and and, and that really is what makes it work. So, um, David, we've been talking about your upcoming book. We've been talking about um, your your website and your blog post. So tell people where they can follow you and find out more about this philosophy that you have. Uh, I'm on Twitter and uh, my Twitter handle is primitive Dave. Uh, my Instagram, I'll, I post a lot of pictures. It used to be a lot of pictures of food, but I'm kind of evolving. Uh, I got pictures <laughs> of uh, pictures of my travels. I'm, I'm, I'm on the road 24 uh, seven. I'm traveling indefinitely with my dog. You can find that on Instagram, but that's the Primitive Dave, not just Primitive Dave, but the Primitive Dave. And then my website is theprimitiveview.com. So if you go to the Primitive View, you can see all these articles that I'm talking about. Right. And 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 I'm wow. This morning I was really working on some really, to me, eye-opening stuff. And when I started this, I thought I would give people health and wellness advice. So I was telling people what to do, but now it's more of me sharing what I'm going through. And it's, you know, I just got a comment today. Somebody said that, that uh, they appreciate me sharing. I'm being vulnerable. I'm telling my flaws. I'm putting it all out there and, and how I'm learning as I'm going. And it's actually helping people. 
and I'm, I'm getting responses. So, that again, that website is theprimitiveyou.com. And that's Primitive Y-O-U, theprimitiveyou.com. Yes, ma'am. Terrific. And so, guys, you know, great sex is wonderful, but having it as the foundation for a relationship, as you're hearing maybe today, it won't work in the long run. And confusing attraction with compatibility has been the downfall of many relationships and marriages. If the sexual spark fades, that means the relationship will fade if you've built your relationship around sex. And loving your partner for who they really are and being loved for your true self in return really is the key to a lasting, successful relationship. So until next time, stay loving. Stay loving.